You're listening to a Suffolk Free Radio podcast. The views and opinions expressed on After Dinner Coffee are the views and opinions of the show personalities only and do not reflect those at Suffolk University, Suffolk Free Radio, or those at the Student Leadership and Involvement Office. Hello and welcome to this episode of After Dinner Coffee. This is your host, Shannon, and with me today is Gaetano Michelisi. He was actually my executive mentor in an internship that I did this past summer. And in this role, he's able to see how someone presents themselves through their application, their interview, and just their general um, persona, and then eventually tell whether or not they succeed in the program. So I definitely thought he would be a good guest to provide some insight on this and, you know, see some success factors and what they might be. Thank you for having me, Shannon. I am uh, honored to be here on the season finale. Awesome. So to start off, I have kind of a big question of you. So what do you think is the biggest predictor of personal success based on your experience with this program? That's that's an interesting question because my my initial gut reaction immediately goes to you know, persistence and, you know, grit, you know, constantly trying and trying and trying until you eventually succeed. But to some degree, I feel that failure is a large predictor of success. Um, if somebody, if somebody comes into an interview or, or into some potential position and, you know, they can talk all day about, oh, like, um, I'm driven, I'm hardworking, I'm, you know, constantly trying to, to better myself, I, I, I have, you know, an, an unmatched drive to, to succeed. It's all talk until they actually show it. And nine times out of ten, people who say that are just talking out their butt. And the real show of success or eventual success is being able to accept failure and and grow from that. And I feel that people who have have failed and failed and failed and failed are the ones who end up succeeding in the long run. Because deep down, if you have the ability to constantly fail or constantly be like undermined and, and rejected with whatever it is you're doing and still have the ability to get up and, and succeed or at least try to succeed the next time, then eventually you'll end up succeeding. And to some degree, sure, that has persistence. That is persistence. But the actual act of failing and then getting up is what makes persistence persistence. Yeah, I actually like the way you phrase that because I think that, like you said, failure is what's the thing that brings out persistence or that shows that people have those certain traits. It's like no matter what, if they do, you know, claim they have all these traits unless they fail and they show that they're learning from it. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. Okay, so if you had to pick a trait of your own that contributed the most to your success at least, you know, so far, what would it be? I, I would say, I would say stubbornness, uh, or 
you know, persistence. Um, <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> my, um, I've, I've grown up with, with a very, uh, I guess, underlying value of hard work. Um, my, my dad has been working his entire life to, you know, try and provide for, for, for me, my family, my brother, um, and watching him, you know, work day in, day out, you know, sometimes, you know, in, you know, well into the night just to, you know, put, put food on the table. Um, you know, it, it instilled in me, uh, a want to, you know, do that and, and help him have to not do that. So, um, you know, I'm constantly, constantly trying to continue to better myself and, and, you know, persevere through whatever it is. Um, last year I had, I had, I had very ambitious goals coming out of my, my first year with, uh, collegiate, um, I, I wanted to run a half a million dollar team and have, uh, you know, half of that, you know, quarter million dollars be, uh, you know, my own personal branch. And uh, things started off great. You know, I sold $80,000 in the month of April. And then the uh, labor shortage hit us in the face. And I proceeded to spend the next four months painting every single day. Um, because I had nobody to work for me and things needed to get done. And I think, you know, if I, if I didn't have that, you know, want to, you know, be better than, you know, be better than I was yesterday, um, or, you know, if I didn't have that, that want to keep pushing regardless of the situation, then I think very early on, I would have quit not only, not only this past year, but um, I mean, my, my branch manager year as well. I mean, I can go into that if you want, but. If you want. Yeah, no, sure. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to. Um, one of my, one of my favorite stories to tell is, uh, my very first, uh, my very first exterior production, uh, shout out my boy, Jimmy. Um, we, we, oh my goodness. This was maybe the third week in March for, uh, sorry, May. Uh, third or fourth week of May in uh, 2020, and um, you know, great, great customers. You know, job was going fine, and then things just kind of took a turn for the worst. Um, customer wasn't happy with with things that had been done, and they thought some of the things that we didn't do, we did, and was incredibly angry. And uh, I basically spent the entire day getting yelled at and trying to fix things that we didn't screw up and being yelled at for not being able to fix them because we didn't screw them up and we couldn't fix them. Um, and Meaning like past painters had messed up and you were getting blamed, right? To get into the technical aspect of it, they had hardy board installed on their house, which is a type of wooden siding. And there was caulking residue from the, the nails that were put into them. Uh, okay. And that caulking residue was white. And we were doing the trim on the areas that that new siding had been installed. So they thought that that 
those little white spots were paint drips from our white. Oh, okay. When in reality, they had been there for the past seven years. They just neglected to look at them. Um, I digress. <laughs> um, but I, I, I vividly remember um, me trying to, to work with this customer and, you know, come to a conclusion. But he got he got so mad. Um, his, his literal words were, I swear to God, if you don't get off of my balcony right now, I'm going to throw you over it. Um, and his wife literally had to, like, push him back inside because he was so visibly angry. Um, and at that point, I uh, <laughs> climbed over the, the, the railing onto my ladder, climbed down, and um, called uh, called my boss, Sam. Um, <laughs> shout out, Sam. <laughs> shout out, Sam. Um, on on basically on the verge of tears because I didn't know what to do because um, I was so I was so I was so angry and I was so like the, the, the there was just so much going on in my brain I didn't know how to process it and I didn't know what to do um, and you know having the mindset you know at that point I could have said okay you know what screw it forget it. I'm going to just quit. I, I can't do it. Like I, this is clearly something I can't do, but being able to look at an experience like that or a situation like that and, and analyze, okay, what did I do wrong? And be able to pick and choose pieces to learn from or learn from the whole experience as a whole. in, in that case, because it was so egregiously horrid. Um, is an incredible skill to have because if you fail and you learn nothing from what you've, you know, failed at, then your failure means nothing. But if you're failing and learning from what you failed from, then failure is the key to your success. I don't know if that's off point, but no, it's on par. No, I very much agree. Um, I remember talking to Sam at one of the events and being like, why did you hire this kid? He's crazy. <laughs> in the best way. Like, I've never in my entire life seen someone, like, just keep going. <laughs> like, you just be out there all day doing what you had to do to get whatever it is done. And I think, like, it's important to know persistence isn't like the sole thing you do need to pair it with like certain other things we'll get into some factors but Absolutely. it's definitely like provides a lot of groundwork for making progress and actually getting things done so oh absolutely but yeah i definitely want to look more into some other specific traits in terms of you know what role they play in failure or success or both um and the first one i want to talk about is taking risks Gotcha. So, <clears throat> risk taking is is um, <laughs> um, risk taking is a a part of a part of success that is dependent on your comfortable comfortability <laughs> comfortability with the risk at hand. Um, some people are extremely comfortable with taking unnecessary risk and those people jump out of planes. Um, and other people are comfortable with taking, uh, calculated risks and those people work on wall street. <laughs> and 
other people are not very comfortable with taking risks, risks, period. And those people typically tend to own 15 to 20 cats. Um, however, very accurate. <laughs> I, I try to be as accurate as possible. But, um, when it comes down to it, taking risks will eventually determine your success depending, depending on, on what it is. Um, I think if you're not willing to risk some amount of whether it be capital, whether it be time, whether it be, you know, a personal embarrassment, whether it be, you know, um, literally anything of your resources, then you're not, you don't want to succeed in whatever that is. Um, because if you're not willing to risk that thing, then you're not willing to reap the rewards of it, regardless of whether or not it pans out. Um, I mean, <clears throat> you know, think about, I, I, I hate to use this as, as an example, but, you know, think about the people who, you know, the, the, the um, people on, on, on Reddit who, uh, um, what are the words I'm looking for, who completely screwed over Wall Street on, on GameStop. I mean, you know, people people literally put their entire life savings on the line for a literal YOLO. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody nobody anticipated things would work out the way they did, but they yeah. garnered so much support and they were willing to risk all of this money, all of this time, all of this potential catastrophe to their personal lives. And it turned out phenomenally. You know, the some some people, you know, are are now multimillionaires and probably won't have to work a day in their life because they were willing to risk literally everything to, you know, take down part of wall street. But I think, I think being willing to risk, um, is, is the first step in, you know, success anywhere, quite frankly. Um, you know, obviously, the key to success, in my opinion, is persistence and, and failure after that persistence. But the first step is being willing to risk your your resources to try to be successful. Is how is how I feel. You know, risk taking comes into success. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely glad that you differentiated between risk taking and taking calculated risks because mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing if you understand your style of risk taking it that's essential to success you need to know you know how willing you are to take risks and what's going to happen if it completely screws you over um and yeah risk taking is definitely you know the start it's not it's probably not the main thing Absolutely. but in order to actually initiate to get anything done you need to be willing at least to some extent to take a risk and go for it so yeah i mean i mean that's that's the most that's the case in in, in most things in life i mean you know um you know asking a girl out you know you're you're taking a risk you're risking your personal embarrassment you know uh, <laughs> yeah you know um, I mean, honestly, honestly, like it's, it's, no, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a dumb example. It's a cliche example, but yeah, I mean, it's, 
it's it's true. You know, you're risking your personal embarrassment to, you know, try and, you know, ask this girl out because you like that person. Same way, you know, with, I don't know, uh, a stock or something, you know, you're, you're risking your personal capital to invest in something that may or may not make you money, you know? Yeah. So. Risk taking is just kind of like a catalyst for something to happen. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, I can go either way, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that is true. Okay, so next I want to look at what is your opinion on ego and self-perception in being successful? That's definitely, that's definitely, it it can go either way with with ego and self-perception because on one hand, in order to be successful, you need to be confident in yourself and your abilities to execute successfully and in order to do that you have to I guess for the lack of a better term love yourself and if you you can't you know love yourself and you know be content with the person you are and be confident in who you are then you will fail at literally everything um Having having confidence in what you do is the one of the the biggest characteristic traits in being successful. Um, I, the, I mean, the amount of times that I've been negatively confident, like not confident in the slightest, but I presented myself as confident and you know in a confident way. Because I did that, even though I wasn't actually confident in what I was doing, I was able to be successful in that interaction. And I was able to be, you know, effective in my execution of, you know, said task. But if you're too egocentric and you're too confident in yourself, you come off as cocky and People pick up on that like that. In a split second, somebody can point out, okay, this guy is full of himself. This guy is, you know, an a-hole. This guy is, you know, somebody who I don't want to work with. And nine times out of ten, it is shockingly evident in someone's personality and how they present themselves. So in terms of self-perception, I would say... Be a genuine person and be confident in yourself and your abilities, but don't be cocky. And that is the best way that you can, you know, present yourself and be successful. Yeah, there's definitely a few things I want to dissect there. So (laughs) first, um, getting into ego. I mean, this is just elaborating on what you said. You need to make sure that you have a balanced ego. Just another way to phrase it, I guess. Whereas you can have too much and you can have too little. Mm -hmm. And either way, you're going to fail. You need to have, you know, some sort of balance there. And it's also interesting when you're talking about, you know, you're not confident in the moment, but if you act confident, that's interesting because that just goes into show that 
the way that you're perceived by others influences the way that you're going to perceive yourself or the way that you're going to act. And I could get way into this because that goes back to something I've talked about in episode seven, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) You're going to have to go listen to that to find out. Um, But yeah, that's essentially all that I want to add there. All right. And now, there's this specific personality test that our company does, or, you know, your company does, <laughs> um, where they give you this personality test, and it measures your dominance, your influence, your steadiness, and... Your conscientiousness. Your conscientiousness. Um, and they use this to, I wouldn't say to predict your success, but they do use this to assess on whether they're going to hire you or not. And I do want to get into some of those traits and why they might be important in this process. Yeah. So the the disqualifiers, let me just clarify, it is not our company exclusive that uses DISC. Yeah. DISC <laughs> is a professional tool used worldwide to, I guess, rate candidates on their effectiveness in a given position. Anyway, um, the DISC profile analysis is... is very, very important to understanding the way that somebody operates. Um, for example, if somebody is uh, a high D or very dominant, they will more than likely be very independent and they may not take feedback very well and they may have you know, some pushback on authority. So there's certain management tactics that are used to, to manage these people. Um, and I think it's 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 hard to really peg um, from you know just a, a disc analysis whether or not somebody's going to be successful. Typically, high D, high I personalities, high dominance, high influence people are the most successful people. Yeah, like me. <laughs> Precisely. Yes. Yes. Of course. Um, but that's. A, that's not always the case. Um, someone who is a high D and a high I, but can't execute effectively and, you know, isn't accountable to their, you know, to, to themselves or to others, they're going to end up failing. But I think the DISC indi- indicators are a really good way to understand how to, I guess, operate um since everybody's different obviously right and and no one person is or i guess no two people are the same but everybody falls into a a general guideline of how people operate and i think i think disc personalities um are honestly more more effective on on the management side and how to effectively manage someone and if you know making sure that you manage a certain personality type correctly is uh, basically the key to that person's success if you manage them incorrectly you know if you're managing a, a high s high c personality the way you would manage a high d high i 
that other manager is going to crumble and cry. Um, there's no two ways about it. Um, but I think in terms of in terms of of predicting success, you can you can look at the disc excuse me the, the the disc personality and have some degree of understanding of how this person will operate. And with that knowledge, you can make a determination, yes or no, they may or may not succeed. But I don't think DISC is 100%, you know, you can't just say, oh, this person is, you know, this personality, they're going to fail or they're going to succeed. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think unless there's some like abnormality where, you know, they're 100% of one thing and like zero of everything else that might be a red flag. Um, but definitely in general, it shows, you know, how they're going to operate, how they're going to be managed, like you said. And do you think that using the disc to understand how someone's going to operate and placing them underneath a manager who, you know, would mesh well with them could help them be more successful? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Um, I think... I think the failure of a subordinate is almost directly caused by a mentor's inability to connect with that person and have effective and meaningful conversations and have effective and meaningful, you know, uh, I guess goal setting or, or expectation setting, uh, whatever it is. Um, and I think that some personalities are, are better at managing other personalities. Um, for sure. But also to some degree, um, you, you can learn how to manage every personality type. Um, it takes a lot. Um, you know, there's a lot of different factors to consider for, for everybody. Like I said, you know, no two people are the same. Um, and you can, try and generalize by, by the category, which is why the disc is so popular. But at the end of the day, it, you know, it comes down to everybody's different. Everybody has things they, you know, like and dislike about certain management styles. Um, and it, and it really, I mean, not to, you know, differentiate from the, the point of the podcast too much, but I mean, management comes down to, you know, understanding the needs of your employees and understanding, you know, what they need to succeed and how to get them to succeed. That's interesting because I think that you're placing, you're placing a lot of responsibility of the success in general of subordinates on, <laughs> on their manager. Whereas I think it's very much dependent on both people, like almost equally. Whereas, you know, there can be someone who's really difficult to manage and no matter how good you are of a manager their values don't align with the company or what whatever you're doing um, and therefore they're just not going to succeed because their head isn't in it so I think it's it's a little bit of both for sure but I mean I, I agree I think at the end of the day like in in that certain situation right uh, a manager should be able to identify that and and you know I guess, terminate that employee before things start to spiral out of control. But 
That's fair. I think I think you are absolutely right. You know, obviously it's not the manager's sole responsibility of you know, it's not their sole sole responsibility for the success of their subordinate. But I think to a certain degree they are responsible for building a strong foundation of communication between that employee and management to be able to help them succeed. Um, obviously, at the end of the day, yes, it comes down to the employee's willingness to put in the effort, put in the work, and you know, hold themselves accountable. But I think having a, a strong support system and a strong network of, I guess, uh, you know, support, really, um, is is key to the success of an employee, I think. Yeah, and like along with that, understanding and making sure the employee is a good fit before you, like say, you know, recruiting before you actually get to the managing process. Mm-hmm. Um, on both ends, you shouldn't be applying for things that, you know, your values don't align with. But as well, like recruiters or whoever's going to be managing you should be able to see that as well and just understand, you know, this isn't the place where you're going to be successful. I think things like location and alignment with values also play into, you know, whether you're going to be successful. Even if you have all these amazing traits and you go to try to work for something you're not, like, aligned with, it's just not going to end up being fulfilling to you absolutely yeah we talked a bit about persistence before did you want to mention anything else about that i mean not overtly um i mean i i I think I've, i've i've talked a good bit about persistence um i mean i guess the the one thing i can say is you know having having persistence isn't necessarily a standalone trait that can make you successful. Um, you know, having having persistence alone, that's a great thing to have. But, you know, you can't get through a brick wall by smashing your head against it 10,000 times. You're going to die. <laughs> you know, having persistence in, in the wrong thing or being persistent at something that is getting you nowhere is is pointless. So making sure that you're effectively persistent is um, very key to, to using that trait well and using it to your advantage. Interesting. Solid addition. <laughs> All right. What I am interested to hear is what do you think is more important to succeeding hard work persistence like we just talked about or passion this i i've actually been thinking about this for 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 quite a bit now um you can't just pick one or the other um i mean it's 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 downright impossible um because on one hand you have, you know, you have the passion to, you know, succeed and do well, but without the persistence and without the the motivation per se to actually get up and and do something about it, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're 
not doing anything. You're not making any progress right. towards success. And then, you know, vice versa, if you're, you know, very hardworking, very, very driven, very, you know, accountable to yourself, but you have no passion to do the things you're doing, then there's no, you know, reward behind the things you do. You know, if you put in a, you know, a 12 hour day, you know, working until your back breaks and at the end of the day, you've made no progress in your mind towards your personal development or your personal goals, what the hell are you doing? You know, like it's, it's time to, you know, figure something else out. But I think having passion and persistence is downright the key to success. Um, I'd be quite frankly, hands down. Um, because if you have the, if you are passionate about something, if you want something to, if you want something to be, and you want to make something happen, you know, if in your mind you want to say, oh, I want a Lamborghini, I want a yacht, I want I don't know, a new MacBook, I want, you know, whatever it is, right? And you're willing to put in the work and put in the hours and the, the blood, the sweat, and the tears into getting what you want, then you honestly can't fail. Asterisks. You can. Um, there are external factors, but internal locus of control is for a different episode. Um, anyway. I, I, I personally believe that um, persistence and, and passion are one and the same. Um, you can't have one and not the other. It's just, I mean, it's, it's just not possible. I agree. But I would challenge you on this. I personally don't think passion is getting what you want. I think that's desire. And I would say there's a big difference, at least the way in, in which I view them. I think passion is the energy behind what you do and more similar to motivation than it is the actual, you know, physical thing that you want. Passion is more of the driving force behind getting what you want, whereas desire is this want to get something. And so I think passion, it's important to make that distinction because passion isn't going to fade away once you get whatever you're trying to achieve. So, you know, instead of having these short-term goals that you just get and then you're kind of empty after, it's more of like, you know, incorporating this system that optimizes, I guess, your happiness and optimizes your ability to adapt passion to whatever you're trying to achieve in that moment. That's true. That's a good point. But anyways, something that I'm really interested in is hearing your opinion on if you think there is value in giving up or quitting. So I, I personally don't believe in quitting 
I am not a quitter. I never have been. I don't plan to be. Um, however, I think that there can be value in quitting something under certain under under certain circumstances, and those certain circumstances basically come down to the value you see in what you're doing. If you are constantly, you know, working hard and trying your best and doing everything you can to succeed, but you're not succeeding and you're, you know, not gaining anything from the experience and you're, you know, you, you no longer see the value proposition in what you're doing, then at that point, it, it becomes a relentless cycle of day in, day out and gaining nothing from it. And at that point, you have two options. Option one is reevaluate your value proposition. You know, take a look at what it is you're doing and either change what you're doing on a day-to-day to, you know, uh, adjust and help your value proposition and basically make the experience valuable or B, quit. Those are your two options at that point. However, I think that even through trying to, you know, look at, you know, reevaluate the value proposition, I think that in, in some cases that there, in some cases there's no hope. In some cases you're, you're, you're in something that is no longer beneficial to you or your vision whatsoever. And I think, I think that's what it comes down to. If what you're doing isn't in line with your vision and where you eventually want to end up, then there is no point continuing. Um, and that's that's one of the biggest things that we at, at Collegiate we, we like to, to look at when when setting goals and, and looking at things is starting with the end in mind um, and basically setting goals and doing things with the end in mind. Because what that does is it basically forces you to work backwards. So, you know, you say, okay, I want to do, you know, I want to do X thing. Okay, how do we get there? And how do we, you know, make that possible? Okay, this is what we have to do. And if you're, if what you're doing on a day-to-day no longer reflects what your end goal is, then you've lost sight of the value proposition in, in the thing you're actually doing and you need to reevaluate what it is you're doing. So I think if the thing you're doing isn't in line with your vision, then yes, giving up is something you can do. I wouldn't even call it giving up. I would say making a, I guess, adjustment in the things you're doing. Because giving up, I, I, I absolutely hate like the phrase quitting and, and giving up. 
because it's it's so ugh. it just I mean I don't know yeah. it, it gives it gives me a bad bad taste in my mouth but I think there's a difference between quitters and people who are and people who want to improve themselves by taking on better, more challenging positions and things that are going to better them. Quitters are people who, you know, go into their minimum wage job and say, oh, no, I'm going to quit this minimum wage job and go sit on unemployment and play video games all day. Those are quitters. Those are people who more than likely will not get very far in life. Unfortunately, it sucks. There are people like that, and that's the reality of it. But people who quit their minimum wage job and say, okay, I'm going to go find something that is going to better me as an individual in my skills and my growth as, as a person, as well as my professional career, uh, professional skills and things of those, you know, things of that nature. Those are people who are quitting for the right reasons. And those are people who are actively trying to better themselves. And in that situation, please, for the love of God, quit your job at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, the way that I like to phrase it is not necessarily quitting, but pivoting, where you're just kind of changing what you're doing or how you're doing. And I do need to give credit because I completely stole that from my class. So take failing successfully if you want to learn more. Um, but but I like the way that he phrased that with with pivoting. So it's you're changing what you're doing or how you're doing it, um, like I said. And I think how you're doing it is interesting too because you could continue to do the same thing. And this probably happens a lot where you have a manager underneath you that you want to continue on, but the way they're they're continuing is not working for them. So you really just need to change like their entire strategy. It's not that the vision changed. It's not that anything else changed. It's that the way that they're going about it isn't working for them. So it's like changing the system and changing the strategy. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that, that that's, that's a great term for pivoting. Um, I mean, you know, uh, what's the expression? There's uh, a thousand ways to skin a cat. You know, that's yeah. what it comes down to. You know, there, there's different ways to get things done. And you know, making sure you're on the right path and you have the, the right way to get things done is very, very important. Yeah, I always found a value in quitting, but only because it wasn't that I was stopping doing something to do nothing. It was that, you know, I was changing with how my values were changing and how other factors in my life were changing so you know you quit certain things like for example I quit gymnastics why no value proposition I wasn't getting anything from it and because I had so many other things I wanted to focus on so it's really like following what's in alignment with um, your energy your values and all of that is something that definitely I want to say validates you quitting to do something else. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I do want to get, you know, what is your main idea and what do you want people to get from our analysis of looking at these factors? I think 
if someone were to listen to this podcast and hear me ramble for 45 minutes and take nothing else away but this, I would say, above all else, in my personal opinion, I believe that persistence and the will to fight and fight and fight and not give up on what you believe in and what you want to succeed on is the biggest contributor to success that I've seen. I have seen a lot of people that have great resumes and great experience and great, I guess, to some degree, work ethic. People are willing to work, but if they don't have the persistence to continue doing something and a good attitude while doing it, then they will fail miserably. And they will not, and and that bad attitude and unwillingness to persevere and push through things reflects onto their subordinates or their colleagues and causes them to be unmotivated because they're not surrounded by other motivated people. Um, So there's, (laughs) there's one quote that um, my dad has been telling me for the past several years. um, And it's by Calvin Coolidge was a president, right? Yeah. History wasn't my strong suit, but Stronger than mine. Well, we'll see. But um, Calvin Coolidge said, Nothing in the world can take place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of uneducated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. The slogan, press on, has solved and will always solve the problems of the human race. And I have that quote at my home in Rockport and um, in where we're living now in Boston. And I, I have it just about everywhere because it's true. Without persistence, most people don't succeed. It doesn't matter if you're smartest man in the world, doesn't matter if you're the most talented person in the world, doesn't matter if you have seven PhDs, maybe. But even with all of that, all of that stuff, without the motivation and the determination and the perseverance to fight and accomplish your goals, you're just really smart or really good at one thing. That's it. Yeah, exactly. I guess knowing what you define as success or what you want and having the persistence to go out and do it and get it, Mm -hmm. I fully agree is definitely the most important thing they can get from this. Indeed. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me on our very last season finale of the fall season this year. My pleasure. (laughs) It, uh... It was an honor to be here, and I uh, look forward to hopefully uh, coming back to do maybe some more. 
Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right, if anyone out there listening has a topic that they'd like to talk about, feel free to message me on at After Dinner Coffee on Instagram. And as always, thank you for sharing this space and time with me.